0: This episode of Ghostly is brought to you by PodCash as a collaboration between Racket and Stir. PodCash is free cash for your podcast. PodCash gave away $100,000 to up-and-coming podcasters as a way to support insanely creative and inspiring podcasters. We know how difficult it can be to get a podcast off the ground, and this is why we're so excited to have been PodCash winners. We would have gone nuts for something like this when we were starting out, and we actually did go nuts when we found out we were winners, one of the winners.
1: And thanks to everyone that wrote us love letters. If podcasting has been on your to-do list or you're already a podcaster, go to podcast.com to stay up to date with future podcast happenings. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-H dot com.
0: Welcome to Ghostly.
1: Is the Lee family curse real?
0: Ghostly is a podcast that comes out every other week. In each episode, we take a ghost story or paranormal event and look into its complete history. Rebecca then gives us evidence proving that the story is real. And my job is to debate those pieces of evidence and get you, the listener, prepared to vote on if it's real or not. If you haven't yet, please hit that subscribe button.
1: And as always, I'm your host, Rebecca, and he's your other host, Pat.
0: Oh, thank you, Rebecca. Uh, Man, we have a lot of episode to get into here. So it's going to be a very interesting episode today. Uh, One that I've often wondered about while growing up. Oh, really? I don't know about you. No,
1: this was not one that was on my radar.
0: So did you ever hear that there was a Lee family curse?
1: I mean, maybe a little bit like when like the crow came yeah. out and stuff like that but like not enough that i paid attention.
0: Sure. Uh so i got to say that i watched some martial art movies growing up. Um but they weren't really my jam, you know, weren't yeah, me really either. my thing. So it wasn't often. It was usually like on a saturday morning if it was on. Mhm. I wouldn't like turn it off. Okay. Um but Bruce Lee was amazing at what he did.
1: He really was. Like he had the movie martial art thing down. Yeah.
0: Oh, definitely, and yeah. he and, and he had the charisma too. Definitely, um, I was, however, a huge fan of the Crow, like you were just mentioning. Mm. Um, when Brandon died, this is when I started to listen to the conspiracy stories. Uh, I know that you say that I, you know, that I'm for conspiracy, and that's not necessarily true nowadays. Um, <laughs> okay, it is like old fashioned conspiracy things, like JFK stuff like that. I definitely. You know, believe in those kind of things, but I'm not going to say right now Okay. if I believe that there's a conspiracy going on with the Lee family. Okay. Um, but could it have all just been some kind of weird curse on the family? Well, that's what we're here to find out. We're that back is
1: what we're going to talk about today.
0: So we do have some shout outs. There are two ways to get a shout out on Ghostly. The first way is to give us a review on Apple Podcast. We always prefer those five star reviews. I mean, I'm, I'm just going to be honest. I mean, we're a little partial. Yeah, but we will we will read any and all reviews that we receive. The second way is to become a member on Patreon. Just go to ghostlypodcast.com and click on Patreon in the menu bar, and we have a few different tiers for you to choose from. Uh ranging, you know, for an individual membership from $1 to
1: $10. Yeah, super easy and for uh you know, there's a lot of cool things that come with being a Patreon member. Uh, you can get a shout out, obviously. Yeah. Uh, you can get uh, extra ghostly uh, yeah. with the ghostly X series and and
0: if you subscribe now we have nine ghostly x episodes out there so you can listen to all of them
1: yeah you get the backlog plus what's coming up in the future and it's uh us interviewing all of the great guests and people that you often hear on ghostly plus some others you know um long you know we have so much fun we also talk about ghost stories in the news because we don't often get to do that here on regular ghostly uh and we talk about listener comments so yeah. if you want to hear what listeners are saying when they vote, um, <laughs> you know, seriously, it's, uh, there's all these different price options, super easy. And if you get to that higher tier level, we even do uh, monthly AMAs, you get Rebecca's ghost stories.
0: You get some ghostly gear, you get a button. Yeah, it's a, a glow-in-the-dark glow button. Glow-in-the-dark button. So Our famous glow-in-the-dark buttons, buttons, I have to say. That is true. <laughs> um, and we're working on even more stuff Absolutely. to give out to people. So I would like to welcome Carrie. Uh, to Patreon.
1: Yes. Welcome, Carrie. We're excited to have you.
0: And we do have a review. And we do
1: have a review. So uh, this is a five-star review from Michigan Carissi. Thank you. And it says, I found this podcast last week, and I'm really enjoying it so far. I like how they tell the ghost stories. Sorry. I like how they tell the stories. I just prefer the ghost stories. (laughs) I like how they tell the stories and then ask the opinions and give ratings of How Haunted. I am right there with Rebecca. Thank you. Because I do believe in the paranormal and hauntings very Mm. much, but I like the different opinions of her and Pat. We'll definitely continue listening. Thank you for a great show.
0: Thank you so much, Chrissy. We really appreciate you giving us a review. And thank you, Carrie, for becoming a Patreon member. Yes. We we really, really appreciate that. And that helps to make the show even better.
1: Absolutely. I mean, we take... Anything that we get and reinvest it right into Ghostly. <laughs> yeah, it's not like we're pocketing all this money Definitely or not. Um, oh, and you know what? We should mention real quick, if you haven't, uh, you should go answer our survey.
0: Yeah, and all you have to do for that is go to ghostlypodcast.com, click on the listener survey. Every survey will be entered in a chance to win a Ghostly t-shirt.
1: As long as you give us an email.
0: Yeah, you have to give us an email and a name.
1: And a name. Now, yeah. you can answer the survey and not give us an email or name that is okay we don't it can be an anonymous thing
0: yeah i think we've had one so far yeah
1: but if you want to get entered for the t-shirt you know obviously we would need to know how to contact you yeah and the listener (laughs) survey
0: it just serves uh to help make ghostly even better by tailoring out things for you know the people that that are our listeners
1: yeah it's really we've got a lot of Interesting ideas, fun ideas for the future, but we want to make sure that what we're doing is what you guys want. So really will help us out uh, if you can go out there and complete that listener survey at ghostlypodcast.com.
0: Yeah, because this is a podcast for ghost by ghost, right? Yes. No.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I have got a listener mail. Awesome. uh, From Sarah Paul. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you, Sarah.
1: All right. When I was a stay-at-home mom with my then three-year-old son, Caleb, and one-year-old son, Kelson, we were living in a townhouse that had stairs that did like a zigzag with the landing between the two sections of stairs. The stairs were right by the front door, and you could see both sections of stairs from the front entryway. I had just put Kelson down for a nap in his crib upstairs, and Caleb was making a fort in the living room by putting a blanket over a chair. Aw, good job, Caleb. I went outside to the mailbox, and when I came back in, I saw the top of Caleb's head going up the second set of stairs with his hand on the rail. Not wanting him to wake Kelson, I said, Caleb, can you come back down here, please? As I rounded the corner into the living room, Caleb popped out from under his blanket fort and said, what, mommy? My eyes popped out of my head and I slowly turned in horror, wondering what the heck I just saw walking up the stairs. Not wanting to risk my life and figuring I could just make another baby, I didn't go upstairs to investigate, (laughs) but don't worry, Kelson woke up fine and wasn't murdered by a demonic replica of his brother." Wow. That's so crazy. That is like parallel world stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> multiverse, isn't that our new yeah, phrase? Yeah, that's multiverse, yeah. <laughs> well,
0: thank you so much, Sarah. We really appreciate you sending that in to us. Uh, and if you want to send a ghost story to us, all you have to do is email us at info at com, or you could even just use the contact form on ghostlypodcast.com if you don't want to remember any of that. And one of our favorite ways to get ghost stories is is in the actual mail
1: actual mail
0: I know this is hard to comprehend but I they know. there's like a postman or woman post person
1: <laughs> mail carrier
0: mail carrier <laughs> A person of post <laughs> that that comes and they bring these pieces of paper to you. Yeah. And you open them and then you can read them. It's it's crazy. Yeah. I don't know.
1: It's it's slow, but it's
0: fun. It is, definitely. So if you want to do that, it's P.O. Box number 264, Geneva, Illinois, 60134. And as we always say, you're not going to remember any of that. We don't need you to write it down. Just go to ghostlypodcast.com and go... Scroll down to the bottom in the footer. We have all that information. It's
1: All right there. All right, so it is time for Pat's favorite part of the episode.
0: Well, you know, I've been winning a lot lately, you so have. I'm I'm pretty confident going yeah, into this one. Yeah, I
1: am um, actually not. I, this is becoming not now not my favorite part.
0: Yeah, it's I, I, like I, almost I, seven polls in a row. Yeah, I it's think. been
1: a lot I, through the most haunted series, even. Yeah. All right. So here we go. In our last episode, so, mm-hmm. we talked about Oakley Court, yeah, which is also the Rocky Horror Picture Show castle. movie castle, yeah. right?
0: Or uh, Doctor Doctor Frankenfurter's Doctor castle.
1: Frankenfurter's castle, of yeah. course. Uh, oh no, look at this. Yes, fifty six percent. No, forty four percent.
0: Are you sure you got those numbers right, Rebecca? Yeah oh wow well you know what actually I'm glad you needed to win one
1: yeah because you know? it was it was haunted
0: get the morale of your team believers up so that they stop voting as much and then my skeptic people will come all in all right no
1: no no we gotta keep it going we're just gonna take over mostly keep then. it going now what was the rating on this the one? overall
0: rating um, so people can vote on how haunted they believe something is one being not haunted at all ten being the most haunted place ever
1: mm-hmm.
0: it was at an even four.
1: Oh wow yeah, yeah. alright that sounds about right
0: yeah, I mean, not terribly haunted, but not unhaunted. Yes. Ish.
1: All right. So, uh, are you ready for Ghost Story?
0: Of course I am. I was born ready. All right. It's time for a spooky tale from Alberta.
1: I'm going to write this down in case anything happens. People will know that I tried to say something. The past few months, I've been working on a movie. It's an amazing movie. But man, this shoot has been hard and dangerous. First, it's filmed mostly at night, in the rain, and in the cold. And the star of this movie has a shirt off for most of the scenes. But second, and the real reason I want to write this down, is this film seems to be cursed. It started kind of small. A set builder accidentally put a screwdriver through his hand. Okay, not cool, not not that small, but not that bad, I guess. But since then, it's only escalated. A fire started in the prop truck, though luckily no one was hurt. Some prop guy no one really liked because he was always picking fights drove his car onto the lot and through the studio shop. Again, thankfully, no one was hurt. Then there was a series of hurricanes that came through during filming and destroyed a bunch of sets. But not every accident has had such a, well, I don't know if I want to say a positive outcome, but at least no one died. A crew member was in a cherry picker and he somehow managed to drive into a power line and get electrocuted he was burned badly and almost died they say it'll be years if ever before he's back to normal then a few weeks ago a stuntman fell through a roof during a rehearsal and he broke several ribs the scariest though was what happened to brandon I mean, apart from the cold and hypothermia he's always fighting, he almost died. While filming a scene where his character crashes into the door of a pawn shop, he got totally cut up by the quote-unquote prop glass. The other actor in the scene was saying, this is just way too dangerous. I don't know what's happening on this set, but I'm scared. Not just for me and the crew, but especially for Brandon. His dad died young, and I've heard he had a curse on him. What if it transferred to his son? I hope not, for his sake and for ours.
0: Wow. Okay, so that was based upon uh, the curse on the movie The Crow.
1: Right. So today we're talking about the Lee family curse, yeah. but part of that is people say that the movie The Crow was cursed. Okay. So we'll definitely debate uh, like the concept of that. Yeah but I thought it'd be interesting to hear it in a story.
0: Okay, well, we're going to take a quick break, and when we return, we will talk about the history. All right.
1: Hello, ghostly listeners. Rebecca here. It's been a while since I've read you a creepy bedtime story, but it's time to bring this spine-tingling good time back. Join me on Patreon for exclusive new readings of classic ghost stories. Every month, I'll be reading frightening tales from my favorite authors. A perfect way to go to sleep with the sweetest, most terrifying dreams. Join Ghostly's new Patreon by visiting ghostlypodcast.com and clicking on Patreon on the menu bar so you don't miss any of my creepy bedtime stories. Talk to you soon.
0: So this history might be a little bit long, um, because I'm actually covering three people in this history.
1: There's like, a lot of pet facts <laughs> in this story.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, in order to like un- understand the curse, you need to know a little bit more. He's admitting um, there's a curse. Being. No, no, no. Um, <laughs> okay. So, let's start with the patriarch of the family. We have Lee moonshun Now in um. In Chinese, they would put the last name first. It seems. Yes. So that's why you see that sometimes. Yes. Like, yeah. So Lee Moon Shun was born on February fourth, nineteen o one. He was born in China, but moved to British Hong Kong and became a Cantonese opera actor. So I I had never heard of such a thing, but it was kind of big back in those days. Oh, absolutely. Uh, that is where he met and married Grace Ho. A uh, horrible name in English, though. I mean, I have to say. Um, <laughs> beautiful name in Chinese, though, right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Uh,
0: she was uh, half Cantonese and half of English descent, maybe English-German. Okay. Um, they call it Euro-Asian.
1: Okay. Eurasian.
0: Eurasian. Yeah. I don't
1: know. Yeah. Sounds good. Uh,
0: so they had two daughters, Phoebe and Agnes, and three sons, Peter, Bruce, and Robert. Okay. So Lee and his wife were on a one-year U.S. tour with the Cantonese Opera Company in 1940 when their second son, Bruce Lee, was born in San Francisco.
1: Well, that's handy.
0: Yeah, that made Bruce Lee a dual citizen of Hong Kong and the U.S. Cool. Yeah, Uh, and also I believe he might have been actually like... Threefold citizen, because it was in British Hong Kong that they came oh, from. Oh, that's so. true. Yeah, yeah. Jeez, you know, so right. yeah. Worldly, absolutely. Uh, but because Bruce's father was a bit of a celebrity, it exposed Bruce to the world of cinema at a very young age. Uh, he appeared in several films as a child.
1: Nice. That's that's a handy way to get in the business.
0: Absolutely. Uh, they later returned to Hong Kong when Bruce Lee was about three months old.
1: Okay. So, he definitely grew up mostly in Hong Kong. Yes. Okay. Uh, At least early on. Mixed, mixed okay. yeah.
0: Now, for those following along in, our, in the history books, right, <laughs> the 1940s were a very difficult time in Hong Kong.
1: Really? <laughs> uh, this is the start
0: of World War II. Yes. And what a lot of people don't realize is not only did Japan attack the U.S., to get the U.S. into the war, mm-hmm. but they also attacked a lot of China and Hong Kong.
1: Wow. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I have heard this. Yes. And they
0: actually took control of of Hong Kong for like four years. Oh wow. Yeah. So it was very very difficult times. Uh, and what was ironic though is that a lot of um a lot of the Lee. Friends of the family mm-hmm. that were also doing the Cantonese opera, opera acting.
1: Sure.
0: Uh, they they stayed in the U.S.
1: Oh, okay. But then
0: again, I don't know if that was that much better because, um, you know. Yeah. Um,
1: the U.S. wasn't quite so nice. To no. To people of Japanese descent. Or I guess the Chinese. Well, I don't know. Yeah.
0: That's a so, good question. So Anyways. they had a really Difficult. tough few years there. Um, there wasn't anything weird about Lee Moon's, Lee Moon Shan's death. He died of a heart attack on February 7th, 1965. It was three days after his 64th birthday, which, you know, I'm glad he made it to his birthday. At least he got to have mm-hmm. that. Um, and it sounds like it was a sudden thing. It doesn't sound like it was something that went on for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was also six days after the birth of his grandson. Brandon Lee.
1: Oh, okay. So he did get to at least know that his grandson was born.
0: Probably. Okay. Yeah. Now let's talk a little bit more about Bruce. Okay. Moving on. I mean, most people are here for Bruce and Brandon, right? I mean. Not, not Mushun. Uh, so I already said that Bruce started being in films at a very early age. And he took on a stage name that roughly translated to Lee the Little Dragon because he was born in both The Hour and the Year of the Dragon by the Chinese Zodiac.
1: Yes, I did read that in my research, which is pretty cool.
0: Yeah, and it's kind of a rarer thing, too. So as a nine-year-old, he would co-star with his father in The Kid in 1950, which was based on a comic book character and was his first leading role. By the time he was 18, he had appeared in 20 films.
1: Wow, I really did not know that he was like a child actor.
0: Yeah, there was, I mean, he didn't necessarily pursue that after that point for a little bit.
1: Okay, I took a break.
0: He had a lot of different things going on. <laughs> Bruce, um, not only was he, you know, a high school kid at one point, he was also teaching people karate and studying philosophy as well.
1: Wow, so Renaissance man.
0: Kind of, but very violent. (laughs) Very violent Renaissance man. Uh, After Lee was involved in several street fights, his Uh parents decided that he needed to be trained in the martial arts.
1: Oh, okay. So a karate kid.
0: Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Lee's friend, William Shung, introduced him to Ip Man, but he was rejected from learning Wing Chun Kung Fu under him because of the longstanding rule in the Chinese martial arts world where they would not teach foreigners.
1: Oh, they considered him a foreigner?
0: Well, that's what's interesting about that. So he technically was one quarter German from his mother. Okay. Uh, And that would be the initial obstacle towards his Wing Chun training. However... Chung would speak on his behalf, and Lee was accepted into the school. Okay. So uh, Bruce began training in Wing Chun Wing Chun with Yip Man, not not Ip Man, but Yip Man, <laughs> which is a different person. Actually, I think.
1: Yeah, well, I love the name.
0: Yeah, I, I do too. But it's like to me, it's just like one letter off. Mm-hmm. You had Ip Man, and then you add a Y, Yip Man. Yeah. It's very confusing to me sometimes, you know, all, all these names. Uh, Yip tried to keep his students from fighting in the street gangs of Hong Kong by encouraging them to fight in organized competitions.
1: Again, real life <laughs>
0: Kind of, yeah. Uh, after a year into his Wing Chun training, most of Yip Man's other students refused to train with Bruce when they learned of his mixed ancestry. As the Chinese were generally against teaching their martial art techniques to non Asians.
1: Well, that's just, that's awful and sad.
0: Kind of, but that did, there, were, there was some advantage. To I
1: Bruce. know, but I mean, just conceptually, you know.
0: Yeah, so Bruce's sparring partner, Hawkins Chung, states probably fewer than six people in the whole Wing Chung clan were personally taught or even partly taught by Yip Man. However, Lee showed a keen interest in Wing Chung and continued to train privately with Yip Man, William Chung, and Wong Shun Lung.
1: All right. Yeah. So he still got the training.
0: He still got, but like a personalized training. Yeah, there, there too. you go. Uh, which was rare, as they said. So, But Bruce's training. Street fighting got even worse.
1: Oh, no. So not like Karate Kid.
0: Yeah. I mean, but he fought for a different reason now. Okay. It wasn't like, you know, one person versus another person or like a gang fighting against another gang, although it kind of was. It was more school versus school. Okay. So like Cobra Kai.
1: It's like Cobra Kai. Got it. Yeah. Um,
0: so at one time, he fought the son of a feared triad family.
1: Now, who are the triads?
0: The triads, is kind of like a Chinese mafia kind Okay, of thing. gotcha. Yeah. And also, um, not only Chinese mafia, but they are in control of all the martial arts.
1: Oh, okay. Interesting.
0: Yeah. So, like, the families control all of it, and they get to say a bunch of things, and that's going to come up later. Okay. Um, the fight took place on a rooftop, where a rival martial arts school challenged Bruce's. Bruce got really upset when another boy did what he considered to be an unfair punch. Mm. So Bruce beat this kid so badly that he knocked out one of his teeth. Wow. Yeah, it was it was pretty bad. Uh, the boy's parents complained to the police and Bruce was taken into custody. Bruce's mother had to go on to the police station and agree to take full responsibility for Bruce's actions. Mm. I'm basically saying that she did it. Okay. You know? So the police detective said that if Bruce got into one more fight, that he would have to put him in jail. Jeez. Yeah. Um, So without telling Bruce's father, because he didn't want to get Bruce all beaten up or anything like that, um, she said that it might be better for him to move to the United States Because eventually he's going to be going on to college, even though he was still high school age at this time. Mm. Um, So they were trying to plan for their son's future. So they did. They sent him to San Francisco where he would stay with relatives that were also looking after Bruce's sister, Agnes. Okay. From there, Bruce ended up in Seattle to finish high school and work for a family friend named Ruby Chow as a waiter. Okay. Okay. Ruby Chow sounds like he's got one of those places.
1: It sounds like a really great restaurant. It does. It definitely Absolutely. does. Which, I'm sorry, by the way, I just um, wanted to mention too with the triad. So the triad, super interesting. There's there's a bunch of different like variations of it. But they have been around since at least the 18th century.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. Like it's
1: and it, there there it's still hap- going on today. Yeah. Drug trade and all that good stuff. And so. the
0: triads are going to come up later too.
1: Yeah. Anyways, I just thought that was interesting. But yeah. uh okay, so he's made it to back to the US and he's uh living in San Francisco or No, he moved to Seattle. He moved to Seattle, right. Yep. Gotcha.
0: Um Bruce decided while he was in high school to start teaching martial arts. So, he called what he taught Jun Fan Kung Fu, okay, literally Bruce Lee's Kung Fu.
1: I love that. Yeah, it <laughs> so had his own his own variation.
0: Yeah, it it was basically his approach to Wing Wing Chun. Okay. Um. In March of 1961, Lee enrolled at the University of Washington and studied dramatic arts, philosophy, psychology, and various other subjects. You know, as you said, Renaissance man there, but this is where things get weird so bruce had said that he um that he majored in philosophy Mm -hmm. but despite what he said and others have stated (laughs) bruce's official major was drama rather than philosophy according to a 1999 article in the university's alumni publication
1: oh well it kind of makes sense that Maybe he took a lot of philosophy classes, but I mean, he wanted yeah. to be an actor. He was an actor. So. Yeah, I
0: mean, obviously it was close enough for you know, maybe maybe he thought he was gonna, you know, switch things around towards the end or something like that. Mm-hmm. But at the time he was in school, it was for drama. Gotcha. Bruce dropped out of college in nineteen sixty four though.
1: Oh, okay. So he didn't finish, he just was no, pursuing he, that major. Yeah. Gotcha. Um
0: because he wanted to pursue more martial arts opportunities. In Oakland's Chinatown in 1964, Bruce had a uh, a controversial private match with Wong Jack Man, a direct student of Ma King Fung, which is a big yeah, triad. Gotcha. Uh, according to Lee, the Chinese community issued an ultimatum to him to stop teaching non-Chinese people. When he refused to comply. He was challenged to a combat match with Wong. Mm. The arrangement was that if Lee lost, he would have to shut down his school, while if he won, he'd be free to teach white people or anyone else. Interesting. Yeah. So this, like, was this moment right here is one of the pivotal moments of his life. So, you know, yeah, well, I mean, it like, could have
1: gone either way, right? I mean, they like could well, it lost, might have gone
0: either way, either. So, oh, okay, I'm sorry, I guess so, I, don't,
1: I don't know uh, the outcome. So, <laughs> so Wong
0: denied this whole idea that it was over this particular reason, um, stating that he requested to fight Lee to fight Bruce after Bruce boasted during one of his demonstrations at a Chinatown theater that he could beat anyone in San Francisco.
1: Oh, okay.
0: And that Wong himself did not discriminate against whites or non or other non-Chinese people. Okay. So, Wong and some spectators of the fight said it lasted about 20 to 25 minutes, which is a super long fight.
1: That's crazy.
0: While Bruce and some other spectators said it only lasted three minutes. Also, both sides disagree on who won the fight and how it was won.
1: I mean, unless there's like a judge, I mean it would be kinda hard to know for
0: sure. Yeah, but I'm I'm I don't know which way it actually was. Okay. Um Bruce Bruce kind of embellished some of the stuff of his history and they have found this out throughout the years. Not not like where it's super bad, but this fight right here, this was so Instrumental, and it comes up later in his life as mm, well. Okay, when we talk about the conspiracy theory, yeah, that he kept t- teaching these white people how to do karate.
1: Yeah, even despite this, or fight. martial
0: arts, I should say, because it wasn't necessarily karate. Right, right. So um, Bruce had abandoned thoughts of a film career in favor of pursuing martial arts. However, <laughs> a martial arts exhibition on Long Beach in 1964 eventually led to the invitation by television producer William Dozer for an audition for a role in the pilot for number one son, Lee Chan, the son of Charlie Chan. Okay. Um, the show never materialized, but Dozer saw potential in Lee, which eventually led to his first adult acting role of Kato in The Green Hornet from 1966
1: to 1967. Now, this is what I... The only thing I really knew.
0: Did you ever watch any of those episodes? Yeah,
1: I mean, they would be reruns, but um, yeah. There I was mean, also
0: I, a crossover with Batman too. There was a three, three-part crossover. I was crossover. just going to say,
1: I'm pretty sure that is where I saw it because I loved the, the old-time Batman. Adam West Adam Batman? Adam West Batman. So, yeah.
0: So, the Green Hornet introduced the adult Bruce Lee to an American audience and became the first popular American show presenting Asian-style martial arts. But what's really interesting is the show's director wanted Bruce to fight in the typical American style by using fists and punches and stuff like that. And as a professional martial artist, Bruce refused, insisting that he should fight in the style of his expertise. And at first, Bruce moved so fast that his movements could not be caught on film. So he had to slow down.
1: Yeah, I heard that. Yeah. Yeah. I had heard that i and i i uh, I know you know the uh cameras probably weren't as good back then, but someone was trying to argue like, yeah, well, the cameras just weren't you know as good, but I don't understand why that would mean that it couldn't film he was fast is what I'm saying,
0: yeah, I mean, nowadays they do have special cameras and special lenses and stuff like that that could probably film him. But also too, like our brains don't comprehend it that yes, fast. Yes, exactly.
1: That's what it is. It's not so much that the famra, camera wasn't filming him. The camera doesn't either. The doesn't either, but I mean, it's about us being able to follow what's happening.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, the controversial match with Wong Jack Man influenced Lee's philosophy about martial arts at this point. Mm. So, Bruce concluded that the fight had lasted too long and that he failed to live up to his potential using his wing chong techniques. So he took the view that traditional martial art techniques were too rigid and formalized to be practical in in scenarios of chaotic street fighting. Okay. And that makes sense. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like when you're in a street fight, you have to fight different.
1: Well, and especially, you know, when you're in like the U.S. where like people are trained in other forms of fighting, I can see that.
0: So Bruce decided to develop a system with an emphasis on practical, practicality, flexibility, speed and efficiency. Mm. So he started to use different methods of training, such as weight training for strength, running for endurance, stretching for flexibility and many others, which... He constantly adapted, including fencing and basic boxing techniques. Oh, cool. So Bruce emphasized what he called the style of no style. Um, This consisted of getting rid of the formalized approach, which Bruce claimed was uh, indicative of traditional style. Bruce felt that even the system that he now called zhanfan kung fu was too restrictive. And it eventually evolved into a philosophy and martial art he would come to call Jeet Kune Do, or the way of the intercepting fist.
1: Okay, that's the name I had seen before.
0: Now, actually, later on, he regretted doing this particular thing because he formalized a school that was not supposed to teach something formalized.
1: Uh So by
0: doing that, his lessons became formalized and it became another form.
1: Right. You name something. So
0: in other words, <laughs> it was still, it was still formalized at the end of it. So it it didn't serve that same purpose after a while. Now gotcha. for him it did, but you know, gotcha. Um, now I'm going to, I'm not going to cover all of his martial arts movies because we'd be here forever. He did so <laughs> many of them. Um, there was a lot of them and they can be easily found with a simple Google search.
1: Yeah. Now, I will say, I just saw a clip of him uh, interviewed be- before doing a TV show, and he was saying it was a western or something like that. And he said he's like, "Yeah, you know, we we talked about they wanted to make it like a modern day show, but I told them." You know, in modern day, people just don't walk around town like picking fights and fighting with each other.
0: Unless you're Bruce Lee.
1: Unless you're Bruce Lee, but but no, but he he's like, so I wanted them to 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 set it in in the West, you know, American West, because yeah. that made more sense. And I was like, oh, that's interesting, oh, interesting, interesting,
0: yeah. So I want to go back to 1964, though, for a minute. Okay. okay. Um, that was a big year for for Bruce. I mean. Not only did he quit college and pursue martial arts, and that led to his acting career, it's also when he started a family. While still going to school, he met his future wife, Linda Emery. Um, But their entire relationship had to be a secret, because at that time, relationships between people of different races was actually banned in many U.S. states. It's hard to believe, you know.
1: Yeah, it's before Loving.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, and despite this, they got married in 1964. Okay. So Bruce and Linda had two children, Brandon, born in 1965, and Shannon Lee, born in 1969. Shannon's still around. Okay. She's 53 years old. fifty Fifty-three years old, yeah. Um, so Bruce did teach Brandon various forms of martial arts, and he also invited him on multiple sets. While he was still alive.
1: Oh, so it started early.
0: Yeah. All right. So here's where we're going to get into some stuff. Okay. Okay. So on May 10th, 1973, Bruce collapsed during an automated dialogue replacement session for Enter the Dragon at Golden Harvest Film Studio in Hong Kong. Suffering from seizures and headaches, he was immediately rushed to Hong Kong Baptist Hospital where the doctors diagnosed cerebral edemia. So that's swelling of the brain. Okay. Uh, they were able to reduce the swelling through the administration of Mantinol. Uh The headache and cerebral edemia that uh, that occurred in his first collapse were later repeated on the day of his death. Okay. So on Friday, July 20th, 1973, so just just a couple months later, you know, Um, Bruce was in Hong Kong to have dinner with actor George Lansby with whom he intended to make a film. And according to Bruce's wife, Linda, Bruce met producer Raymond Chow at 2 p.m. at home to discuss the making of the film Game of Death, which was going to be like his big breakthrough movie Um. They worked until 4 p.m. and then drove together to the home of Bruce's colleague, Betty Ting Pei. She was a um, Taiwanese actress, and the three went over the script at Ting's home, and then Chow left to attend a dinner meeting. Later, um, Bruce complained of a headache, and Ting gave him the painkiller Equagesic, which contained both aspirin and the tranquilizer, met probate and at around seven thirty PM he went to lie down for a nap. When Bruce did not come for dinner, Chow came to the apartment, but he was unable to wake Bruce. A doctor was summoned and spent ten minutes attempting to revive Bruce before sending him by ambulance to Queen Elizabeth's hospital. Um and then Bruce was declared dead on arrival at eight at the age of thirty two.
1: So yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, There was no visible external injuries, so it wasn't like he got hit in the head or anything like that. However, according to an autopsy report, Bruce's brain had swollen considerably from 1,400 to 1,575 grams, which is a 13% increase. Wow. When the doctors announced Bruce's death, it was officially ruled as a death by misadventure.
1: (laughs) That sounds way more happy than... It is. It
0: definitely does. So, in in a 2018 biography, author Matthew Polly consulted with medical experts and theorized that the cerebral edemia that killed Bruce had been caused by overexertion and heat stroke. Heat stroke was not considered at the time because it was then poorly poorly understood uh, condition. Furthermore, Bruce had his underarm sweat glands removed. I did not know this. No, I did not either. It was in it was in nineteen seventy two, in the apparent belief that underarm sweat was unphotogenic in film. So Polly further theorized that this caused Bruce's body to overheat while practicing at hot temperatures on May 10th and july twentieth, nineteen seventy three, resulting in heat stroke that in turn Exasperated, the cerebral edemia that led to his death.
1: Wow, that I mean, I can't believe that someone like a doctor would be like, "Yes, let's take out your sweat glands." That sounds totally safe.
0: Uh, when you have a lot of money, you can find doctors that are willing to do anything.
1: <laughs> I suppose that's true. Before researching this episode, if you had asked me when I thought Bruce Lee died, I would have thought he was much older. Um, maybe not like you know sixties or anything like that, but like forties, fifties, like. I like feel like he had like so many films which I mean he had a number of films it wasn't as many as I thought but he's just a, such a such an icon and people love him so much that I just assumed he had been around longer and lived well, longer and made more movies than he did.
0: Surprisingly these martial art art movies can be made pretty fast even though there's these huge fight sequences Everybody knew martial arts that was in it, so it was like, "I'm going to do this move, you're going to do that move," and they un- understood what they were talking about.
1: Yeah, very different than like a like a like a Marvel movie or something where they have to script out the fights. The yeah. actors have to learn, plus the stunt people, and they like coordinate it all. Exactly. Yeah. So
0: these were like low budget, and they were filmed super fast. Yeah even even Jackie Chan you know was in um i mean some of the ones that he was in was really low budget like the drunken fighter or something like that, <laughs> which is really weird if you ever watch it. Yeah, um, he only fights well when he's drunk. He said in there. <laughs>
1: so. Well, uh, I I know he had made a nice big movie in the states finally, and then all this happens. Yeah, he's, you know, sad.
0: So now let's talk a little bit about Brandon Lee. Okay, okay
1: we got one more. <laughs> so we so we
0: already covered a lot of Brandon Lee in that. You know, well we we covered some Brandon Lee yeah. in that. Um. Bruce died when Brandon was just 8 years old. Brandon grew up in both Hong Kong and the United States because of Bruce's acting. Okay. So very similar to the life that Bruce, you know, lived. Well, yeah. Um, while visiting his father's sets, Brandon became interested in acting. Brandon began studying with Dan Inosado, one of his father's students, when he was 9. Later in his youth, Brandon also trained with Richard Bustello and and jeff amada amada said that when brandon was in his teens he struggled with his identity and having to train in dojos which included large photos of his father troubled him
1: i could i could understand that
0: absolutely uh a- according to amada this led brandon to leave martial arts in favor of soccer and both would reconnect later in their film careers with Amada working as a stunt and fight coordinator in several of Brandon's movies. Um, Meanwhile, Brandon was a rebellious high school student, just like his father.
1: (laughs) I've heard this. In 1983,
0: four months prior to his graduation, Brandon was asked to leave the Chadwick School for misbehavior. Uh, that year, Brandon received his GED.
1: Wow, I mean, four months before graduation, yep. that you have to do something pretty bad to get kicked out at that point. Yeah,
0: he was he was a scrapper. <laughs> Brandon pursued his studies in New York City, where he took acting lessons at the Lee Strasberg Theater and Film Institute, and Brandon went on to uh, Emerson College in Boston, where he majored in theater. And during this time, Brandon appeared in several stage productions. He was part of the Eric Morris American New Theater. And with them, he acted in John Lee Hannock's play, Full Fed Beast. Like his father, Brandon was in a lot of films. But unlike his father, they were not all martial arts movies, though.
1: Okay. So because he had kind of left that behind, you said. But
0: he still had that. Okay. You know. Uh, in April of 1991, Brandon was in a Universal Pictures list for contenders to play his father in The Dragon. Um, which, you know, you think, man, he'd be perfect for it. That's
1: What was The Dragon?
0: It's the story of Bruce Lee. Ah. Uh-huh. The Bruce Lee story. Okay. Yeah. Um, but Brandon turned this role down because... Uh, he found it to to make him feel awkward to play his father and too weird to do some of the romance parts with someone playing his mother.
1: That makes total sense. Yeah, absolutely. Once
0: once I read the reason why, I was like, "That, yeah, yeah, I, it, it does." I get that. So the role was played by Jason Scott Lee, which was no no relation to him. <laughs> uh, according to Jason, Brandon told him the following in regards to the role. Why don't you read that?
1: Okay. He said, I wouldn't survive in this part if I treated his father like a God. He said his father was, after all, a man who had a profound destiny, but he was not a God. He was a man who had a temper, a lot of anger, and who found mediocrity offensive. Sometimes he was rather merciless.
0: Yeah, and I could kind of see that in kind of the perfectionist that That Bruce was.
1: I mean, to be as successful as he was, as young as he was. Absolutely. And
0: he would analyze everything. Any mistake that he made, he would over and analyze it. So imagine, you know, someone else making a mistake. He's Mm going to definitely do the same thing. Um, okay. So amongst many other parts, it wasn't until rapid fire that Brandon really made a name for himself in front of the U S market. Brandon helped with the story development in rapid fire and Connected with the character losing his father at an early age. There's also a story that um, Ahmad said w- that he would bring a book that um, that Bruce had put together of some of his studies. And this would help him get into like the mood of playing someone that lost his father. Oh, interesting. Looking okay. at this material thing that had his handwriting in sure. it and stuff. Um. So in, in the fall while doing uh, publicity for rapid fire, Brandon landed the lead role in the crow. Mm -hmm. It was an adaptation of a comic book by the same name.
1: Yeah. And I heard that, um, I mean, they actually were thinking of a lot of different people for that role.
0: Yes. Like
1: Johnny Depp and like kind of some other like hip young guys at that time. And Brandon beat him out.
0: Yeah, he did. Uh, According to producer Jeff Most, Brandon had good insight on the character and liked the lyrical lines within the script, but did not want the dialogue to spread aimlessly. Um, hence, Brandon focused on the brevity and rhythm of the lines of dialogue to make the character threatening. Okay. On March thirty first, nineteen ninety three, Brandon was filming a scene for the film The Crow in which his character is shot and killed by thugs. And in this scene, Brandon's character walks into his apartment and discovered his fiancée was being beaten and raped, and a thug played by actor Michael Mazie fires a Smith & Wesson Model 629-44 Magnum revolver at Brandon's character as he walks into the room. In the film shoot preceding the fatal scene, the gun that was used as a prop, which was a real revolver, was loaded with improperly made dummy rounds, improvised from live cartridges that had the powder cartridges removed by the special effects crew. So in close-ups, the revolver would show normal-looking ammunition. Mm. So that's something that could have happened on that uh, Baldwin set, too. Because they... They wanted to look like a real gun in every way, except for when it's actually firing, you know?
1: Right. Well, and it sounds like they were trying to cut corners a
0: little bit. Maybe. Uh, however, the crew neglected to remove the primers from the cartridges. And at some point before the fatal event, one of the rounds had been fired. And although there was no powder charges, the energy from the ignited primer was enough to separate the bullet from the casing and push it part way into the gun barrel mm. where it got stuck, uh, which is a dangerous condition known as squib load. Ooh. During the fatal scene, which called for the revolver to be fired at Brandon from a distance of just 12 to 15 feet, which is pretty close, the dummy cartridges were replaced with blank rounds, which is what they should have, and that contained a powder charge and the primer but no solid bullet. Okay. Allowing the gun to be fired with sound and the flash, so you still get the fire in there, mm-hmm. um, without the risk of an actual projectile. However, the gun was not properly checked and cleaned before the blank was fired. And the dummy bullet previously lodged in the barrel from that from that mm-hmm. squib, squib load we talked about was then propelled forward by the blank's propellant and shot out the muzzle with almost the same force as if it was a live round Mm. uh, striking Brandon in the abdomen now after Maisie pulled the trigger and shot Brandon Brandon fell backwards instead of forward as he was supposed to do
1: Mm.
0: when the director said cut Brandon did not stand up and the crew thought that he was either still acting or kidding around Jeff Ahmad, who immediately checked Brandon, noticed something wrong when he came close and noted Brandon was unconscious and breathing heavily. Mm. Medic Clyde Baisley went over and shook Brandon to see if he was dazed by hitting his head during the fall, but did not think Brandon had been shot since there was no visible bleeding. Baisley took Brandon's pulse, which was regular, but within two to three minutes, it slowed down dramatically, and then it stopped. Mm. Brandon was rushed to the to the New Hanover Regional Medical Center in Wilmington, North Carolina, and attempts to save him were unsuccessful. After six hours of emergency surgery, Brandon was pronounced dead on March 31st, 1993, at 1.03 p.m. He was 28 years old, and the shooting was ruled an accident due to negligence. So Brandon's death Led to the reemergence of conspiracy theories surrounding his father's similarly uh, early death. So, in an interview just prior to his death, Brandon quoted a passage from Paul Bowles' book, the um, the Sheltering Sky. Sheltering the Sheltering Sky, which he had chose for his wedding in invitations. It is now inscribed on his tombstone. Rebecca, would you read that for us? Sure.
1: Because we don't know when we will die, we get to think of life as an inexhaustible well. And yet, everything happens only a certain number of times, and a very small number, really. How many more times will you remember a certain afternoon of your childhood, an afternoon that is so deeply a part of your being that you can't conceive of your life without it? Perhaps four or five times more? Perhaps not even that? How many more times will you watch the full moon rise? Perhaps 20? And yet it all seems limitless.
0: Yeah, that's pretty powerful, huh? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Some people believe that Bruce and Brandon were killed by the Chinese mob or the triads um, because Bruce taught foreigners the Chinese martial arts. Um, Some others believe it was a curse. And others, like myself... It was just a sad, but yet logical series of events that led to the early death of these great actors.
1: Wow. Whew, so much with this, I swear. Yeah, and there's, um, it's a lot of, a lot of interesting um, details um, of how both of their deaths happened. And, you know, I'm not gonna, I mean, we're gonna get into some stuff, but um, there's, there's definitely, I think both. Both deaths because of how young they were just always caused a lot of scrutiny.
0: Now, didn't you say something about Grace Ho, um Bruce's mother called um him by a female name because to ward off this spirit?
1: Yeah. Well we're definitely gonna debate that. Oh, okay. You know, but well that'll come up. But yeah, there there was um definitely even his own Bruce's own mother, you know, believed there was a curse. Or Suspected there might be, a but curse.
0: Shannon Bruce's sister or, does not, or Brandon's,
1: yeah, Bruce's daughter, Brandon's sister does not believe does not that. believe that. Nor um does uh, Brandon's mother, Bruce's did, wife.
0: Now, did Brandon think there was a curse before?
1: Um, I now I did not hear anything about Brandon, but Bruce, on the other hand,
0: oh, <laughs> did have
1: some things to say about it. So we'll definitely look at that. Yeah. Um, I I will say the, the I think one thing that caused a little bit of controversy with Bruce's death that I was reading is, you know, when um, Linda showed up at the hospital, they at first were like, like, it was just like, like, you're... But, you know, Bruce Lee, he's not in the hospital. Like, why would that be the case? And then she literally saw him being wheeled by on like a gurney. It was like really crazy. And then um, they like were... I think because they were worried people were going to think that he was having an affair with that Taiwanese actress like he, uh-huh. he wasn't like there's no indication that he was but they didn't want to say that he had died like after visiting her or yeah. while visiting her and there's all these like
0: Also he he did have a little bit of cannabis in his system at at that time.
1: Yeah, supposedly they found some of that in there but then other reports have said no I but or just that there's no way that would have caused it. I think the heat stroke makes more sense to me than. And also, that. Th-
0: there was a theory that he had an allergic reaction to the yes to the medication that she gave him
1: because it had like it wasn't just aspirin; it yeah, had that other stuff but, in it.
0: But he had the cerebral edemia before that, so.
1: Well, who knows if like maybe for him normally that wouldn't have been an issue, but because he had the yeah, yeah already had an issue, it uh, like who I mean when we say misadventure, I think that's what they mean is just like, there were the confluence of things happening. Yeah. So even though I'm going to present arguments about a curse, I don't think that like there was an, uh, like a real thing happened. (laughs) You know, I don't think it was like a, like a, like a ghost or or something. Well, I mean, I'm not saying, I mean, there's people that are going to argue for the demon thing, but you know, I mean, there were medical reasons, you know, for it. Um, and I don't really want to get into the triad thing so much because I don't—I haven't found any extensive proof about that. Like other than just like, right? They were unhappy with him.
0: Well, and, and they the karate, sent, but they sent that one guy to fight him, Moon jong Man, right? To fight him, and um, but then he said no, but Bruce said yes, and then the different fight, and it was like I don't know, I don't know what happened, right? There.
1: So. And I don't know how that connects to Brandon. So anyways, yeah. uh again, we'll <laughs> we'll see. But it's um it's sad. And and Brandon was um engaged and yes, was about was. to get married. He was. So yes. definitely tragic.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, we will come back and debate this after the break.
1: this last year, things have been really tough for theater groups.
0: Rebecca and I belong to a production company and theater group called Memoriam Development. Memorium has several podcasts that we are often on, and several members have been on Ghostly, like Nick, Amanda, and of course Bob from Bob After Dark. And we have also been in several of their live shows.
1: Obviously, those couldn't happen this last year, So Memoriam has taken one of their most popular shows, the horror anthology Nightshade, and made it digital. They're available to everyone, and you can access them at any time.
0: They've been fantastically spooky, I, I gotta say. Right up our ghostly listeners alley.
1: Live theater is something close to our hearts, and we can't wait to get back to it when we get the all clear. But until then, check out Nightshade and support this Chicago theater group that gives local talent a place to shine.
0: And please consider showing some ghostly love and liking Memoriam Development on all the social medias to find out even more. Thank you. Memorium Development. Ooh. Okay, we're back for the debate. Now, Rebecca, I'm not even sure why we're doing this debate, because you already said prior to break Uh that you don't believe that there is a curse.
1: I didn't say that.
0: What did you say?
1: I'm saying that that the actual like medical reason that they died was like a like there's not like um it's not like like some demon did did a physical thing to them that actually caused them to die or something like that now again the idea of a curse we've had we've had discussions on this it's tricky right it's just like does it increase your bad fortune does it Mm. does it increase the likelihood that bad things are going to happen to you or is it like um like destination um Final Destination movies where like death is gonna find you or like put in motion the things that are gonna happen that cause you to die. Like, you know, the cause of death in Final Destination is like the logs fall on the person. But Yeah. The actual reason of everything, you know. So well, it's a little you, tricky.
0: You like the Oxford um dictionary, right? Well, Oxford English Dictionary? Yes,
1: but that is not probably what you're looking at. But that's okay. I like the dictionary, all dictionaries. Uh, It
0: it says a curse is a solemn utterance intended to invoke a supernatural power to inflict harm or punishment on someone or something. She'd put a curse on him.
1: Right, that is one definition. That is true. Yeah,
0: and the other one is an offensive word or phrase used to express anger or annoyance.
1: Yeah, we don't. Uh, we do that on ghostly acts. I mean not yeah. a lot, but we can.
0: All right. So verb um would be to use or or to invoke a curse against.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, you can. It curse often seemed somebody. as
0: if the family had been cursed.
1: Yes.
0: So that's the definition you're going for. Yes. I'm going for the first one where it's supernatural powers.
1: Well, no, I mean both of them could t- like it's basically like uh it's like um you know, like voodoo or something like that. Like you're putting a curse. I don't know in this case if it's like a, I don't think it's necessarily a person that put a curse on the family, mm. but maybe they did.
0: Now in German, it's a flutch. I, okay. Or a flutchen. A flutchen. <laughs> just so that we're sounds clear. sounds
1: dirty. I'm just going to be honest <laughs> with you. All right. So let's just get into this. Okay. <laughs> okay. All no right. time to waste here. No time to waste? but we, Okay. Um, <laughs> so there are lots of ideas that kind of form the basis of the curse of the Lee family. And as we mentioned during the history, there are conspiracy theories that are based on the bad actors. So kind of that the triad actually like assassinated them. And that's where I'm like, I don't necessarily see any evidence for that.
0: But if they did which I don't believe that they did, but if they did, then it's not a curse. It's
1: not a curse, because that's not supernatural. That's like real people in the real world being upset with you and killing you. Yes. Right. So that's not supernatural. So the one that we're focusing on or that I'm focusing on is the idea of there being some sort of supernatural curse.
0: Okay. So it has to be supernatural.
1: From something, yes.
0: Outside of nature.
1: Outside of nature. Or, again... I mean, as we have these discussions, like we don't know everything in the, in this universe. So again, this is one where there isn't a clear reason for okay. the curse. Though some people will say it does stem from the karate mm-hmm. thing that he taught it to other people. But but the idea of the curse, really the start comes from Bruce Lee's birth. Okay. You kind of indicated this. So his parents had previously lost a son as a baby and his mother was superstitious and basically there was, uh, there were stories um, that, you know, when you lost a child that there, it was a demon. Mm -hmm. Um, So she worried that a demon was going to be attacking her sons. So when Bruce was born, he was given a feminine sounding name meaning little phoenix. Now, I think basically you were and I were kind of talking about this. It sounds like I don't think this was his like legal name, mm-hmm. but they this is what they called him at home, is okay. what people say. Gotcha. So the idea was by calling him this feminine name, it will confuse the demon into thinking that he was a girl and not a boy. Okay. So then the demon wouldn't attack. All right. Okay. Now, supposedly Bruce himself also always felt like he was haunted and would die young. And I'm guessing this came from his mother. You know, he supposedly had many premonitions of his death and he said that he did not believe he would live to be half as old as his father, who died at the age of 64. He was 32. And he even said that he believed his son would die young, that Brent and Brandon died at 28 even younger than his father. So kind of like a, our family is cursed mm-hmm. and especially me, like somehow, again, I keep going back to the Final Destinations mm-hmm. movies, but it's like that they're like the demon or the whatever entity or the whatever bad luck wants a son from this family and is going to keep coming. All right. So what do you think? We'll, we'll stop here before we go into some other thoughts.
0: So I myself have always felt that I was going to die young. But I took this from my father dying when he was 49 and my mother dying when she was 53. Mm-hmm. So I had a logical reason to think that. Mm-hmm. Um. So as far as this goes, like, yes, it is a coincidence that he chose to say that even half as old as his father and he died exactly at that age. <laughs> I mean... That is a pretty I mean, good coincidence. like his coincidence. dad
1: lived... I mean, his brothers lived... Or his one brother lived pretty
0: old. But a premonition of one's death does not necessarily mean supernatural. It could be a feeling that you're, you just have and I, I don't know how to explain it. Mine was more logical because of that, but... Um, you know, his very well could have stemmed from health issues. We don't know exactly how healthy he was growing up, and he seemed like he was physically fit, but that yeah. does not mean that you're healthy though necessarily mm.
1: i was, I saw a thing that like the doctor his doctor was like he doesn't have fat, which actually can be dangerous <laughs> yeah, it can be yes <laughs> if, if you're sick um yeah, so I don't know what do you think about the mom? Like, I mean, like, did we think this, do you think this started, does this make sense for you? Like the childhood thing that no. like, that's why the baby was taken and then they had to protect the, the next born?
0: No. Um, so in ancient man, they believed that any bad that occurred was caused by you, you know, like... You did something either in a previous life or in this life to warrant any bad that happens to you. And still to this day, we have people that, you know, are like, how could this have happened to this person because they were so good? And it's like, but that has nothing to do with it. Nothing to do with it, how good you are, how moral you are, anything like that. Bad things happen, unfortunately, in this world. And we are talking in the 1940s or if this was a brother born before him, maybe it was in the late 30s. Right, right. And medical science was not that advanced. So had it have been a, a birth nowadays, maybe that baby could have been saved. Or maybe that baby wouldn't even have come to full full term had they had seen that there was issues or something.
1: I don't know how what, what he meant. So, about. no,
0: I do not believe that that this has any merit to it at all
1: okay so what's your what's your rating
0: i'm gonna have to go zero on this this is um living life just based out of fear and you can't do that
1: all right all right i am actually going to i'm torn on this one i'm giving it a five because again i agree with the mother the like being born thing like it's kind of, you know, it's just like almost a a superstition and you do it just in case, just in case there's something. But um, the premonition thing, you know, um, again, I don't know if it was just that he, like somehow there was a part of him that knew he was ill, you know, or if he knew he was cursed because of giving karate, you know, he thought, okay, I've kind of angered, whoever in the universe I'm not following the right teachings. I don't know. So, um, you know, there's not a lot of information given, so I got to give it a five. Okay. All right. Um, So next piece of evidence. So this is just kind of like one of those, like these things are, are true, I guess. Um, And so therefore it just supposedly plays into the curse. Both Lees died while working on their fifth feature film and were on the cusp of stardom, Bruce was in pre-production work for Game of Death, which he had filmed some of, but not anywhere, just a few minutes of. Um, And Brandon was eight days away from completing principal shooting for The Crow. Um, And, you know, again, coincidence? Or was it, you know, something saying you two cannot, you know, live to see your stardom or... You know, make that happen. They're cursed for that. Um, and both deaths had some controversy around them. Again, not that they were necessarily that I think they were killed by people on purpose, but there was the weird accident with Brandon that it's kind of tricky, you know, like how people miss that. And then Bruce, by the was it medication? Was it heat stroke? There was definitely a lot of questions and just a lot of people asking what happened. So. So, what do we think? Are those coincidences or curse?
0: Okay. Um this sounds like one of those awesome facts like Lincoln's secretary was named <laughs> Kennedy and Kennedy's secretary was named Lincoln, you know. Yeah. Which in itself doesn't mean anything, right? It just it's a coincidence, but this I don't even think is true because um so um I know Bruce was in more films than five.
1: Yeah, he did have a lot of films.
0: Now, featured films, I, I don't know if he was featured in them. It would be really hard for me to tell how many featured films he was in because there's also the U.S. versus what he did in Hong Kong and stuff like that.
1: Right. Yeah, I don't know if they were just doing, you know, um, yeah. The, and Brandon, the US films.
0: Brandon, I believe he had less than five um, he had one other one with, um, with, Lof, um, oh, Dolph
1: no, Dolph, Dolph Lundgren, the, yeah. the Russian yeah. or yeah. the the bad guy from
0: Rocky. <laughs> he was, um, he did a cameo in a Swedish one and I, I don't know exactly how many, but I don't think he was actually the star of many of them so. Well, you
1: don't have to be the star but it's like feature film which i guess is like it's kind of like a like a wide release film like a
0: i don't think I don't that the, i don't think brandon had five films that he was that was a wide release like that
1: i know there was one where it, like people didn't realize he had filmed something he was in it for just like one scene that came out like a few years after his death that was yeah. different but, but
0: still that's three and also too he was not just 8 days away from um completing the shooting he was shooting his last scene they filmed that scene last yeah which he had done everything else so it extended the the time that it took them because they first of all they're like i don't know if we could do this then and then they decided to rewrite some of the parts and um, use his stunt double, which surprisingly looked a lot like him, especially in the crow. Um, he has to say they
1: did do like actual like special effects. Yeah, on he, the looked, face he looked
0: and a lot like him. That was incredible. Um, okay, so, um, so okay. As far as the five featured films, I don't necessarily think either of them were in their fifth feature film. Um, second part about this is that I don't believe both deaths had controversy surrounding them. Now, Brandon, maybe that would be controversial, but I don't think it is. I think it's more like that was really stupid. They had a pretty low budget, like $23 million, mm-hmm. um, which they actually only doubled that money so that's surprising because the crow was an awesome movie you know
1: well it's definitely become you know a one cult, of those a cult, cult classics yeah. yeah
0: um but um so i but he was it was a mistake that happens because um they were rushing production they only had 50 days to film all of this and it, it really depended upon the weather too Because a lot of this was weather based, because it was raining in a lot of the scenes, Mm -hmm. so they needed to continue that. So it was rushed production. So I don't think that's a controversy. I I think that's a big mistake.
1: Well, I mean, again, controversy doesn't have to doesn't have to mean supernatural, just or like malicious, yeah. But it can be controversial. It's also weird. I did. Someone was saying um, too that like that particular like the 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 caliber weapon and the wound that he had is one that is pretty survivable for a no. lot of people, but that just the way that it
0: no a forty four magnum
1: well no, but the the i don't think it was a magnum i don't it know. was
0: it was a forty four it doesn't matter but 44, it was the bullet forty four caliber which yeah. is it's a forty four magnum it's what it's what dirty dirty hairy used mm-hmm
1: but like it was like an abdominal wound. It wasn't like it was necessarily like a headshot or something. But yeah. it lodged itself in his spine. I mean, obviously, it is. It, it's not a hundred percent survivable because that wouldn't make any sense. Because obviously, yeah. he didn't survive. But that, uh, like, depending on where. Yeah, the survival you know, rate survival should be better. Rate should be better. Well, and
0: then Bruce, um, I don't buy into the medication thing necessarily. I mean, I do think that was a factor in it, but. He did have cerebral edemia, which is something that happens. The brain swells beyond the capacity for the skull to hold it in. And um which is the simplest way you could ever explain that. Sure. It's a lot more complicated than that. But um the brain swelling has killed many people.
1: Yeah, it does seem like maybe, you know. If it was today, maybe they would have done more to oh, even, watch him. Because even in it those seems days, seems very suspicious that, or, not, or just odd that he they just let him go and there wasn't like follow up. Well, for yeah, that. they should have
0: followed up because there was actually an episode of Doogie Hauser that I, I remember mm. where <laughs> they were on a camping trip mm-hmm. and somebody had the swelling in the brain and what they needed to do was drill a hole
1: i was just gonna say
0: and that would alleviate a lot of this so i think they should have called him back in and checked the size of his brain but i don't they didn't have cat scans or anything like that back in those days yeah i don't
1: know we need kevin on this episode to help us with this medical yeah definitely um
0: but so no i don't think that either of them were a big controversy to me um, so I- I'm going to have to go really low on this one. I'm going to have to go a zero because I don't think that this is factually correct. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> For me, I'm less concerned about the numbers as just to say, like, hey, they were both taken out right before they were about to get like to that next level of stardom.
0: But Bruce Lee was legitimately famous when he died
1: well because of the tv show that is true i think that was that was a big part of it i mean the movies too but the the tv show was a big part of that um so i agree he you know definitely um you know had started but i think you know was hoping to to really take his career to the next level but still not sure how much it shows the curse part so we're gonna for me i'm gonna give it like a four
0: 4. Yeah, okay, that's pretty kind of low, low for you. Yeah.
1: yeah. All right, here we go. We got some other evidence though coming up. Mm-hmm. Um so this next one, um so in 1993 there was the film Bruce Lee uh or sorry, uh about Bruce Lee, Dragon the Bruce Lee story. Mhm. He battles a metaphorical demon that had been haunting him since he was born. So this is kind of weird. It's like it's about the life of Bruce Lee but in the movie, <laughs> he battles a demon that has been haunting him since birth. And in a particularly creepy moment, the demon even shows him a copy of his tombstone. And while they're fighting at the the end of the movie, like by this tombstone, um, his son, Brandon, I mean, this is, again, a, an actor, you know, shows up and um, the demon suddenly loses interest in Bruce and heads towards his son, Brandon, which is, um, and then two months after that film comes out, Brandon dies.
0: Yeah. um, So I did see this movie. Okay. And I do know the parts that we're talking about here. And um, I I could understand why Brandon didn't want to play his dad then and that. Even though that would have given him instant, um, notoriety right there mm-hmm. you know playing that role um, and it would have been the feel good story you know of the lifetime of the son playing the father you know kind of thing mm-hmm. um, this is just coincidence I mean so you are saying that the writers were in on the the curse
1: no just that again whatever it does like okay people don't know like why did they write that like what muse whispered in their ear, or like forces of nature out there, like drove them to write this whole thing. I mean, like, I mean, I don't know. Like that—that that he was haunted by the demon. I mean, maybe they went back, right, and heard the stories about the mom and you know his birth and the 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 um the the demon there. But then, why would they? like predict that the demon was going to, you know, go and turn its wrath on Brandon. Like that's not a part of the story from the family. And then it then Brandon dies 2 months later. Definitely creepy to me. This well, I, one is definitely creepy to me.
0: Also have another problem because Bruce had two other brothers. Mm-hmm. Right, and those other brothers went on to live a normal life.
1: Yeah, who what? what are one of
0: them, one of them was a rock star in a band called the Thunderbirds. Ooh, nice. Yeah, which um they they sang, you know, in, in American U.S. American English, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um. So very very interesting that they chose to be in English. You know, I guess yeah. it was to sell more records or something. But mm-hmm. um, and actually. Bruce sang on one of their their singles.
1: That's awesome.
0: Yeah. So Bruce not only did martial arts, a philosopher, man. a teacher, but yeah. <laughs> um, but why didn't this curse ever touch upon the brothers then? I
1: don't know. I don't know how curses work. <laughs> I just know that they might be there. I don't but, know. But
0: I mean, the whole idea like, of the last piece of evidence with the mother and stuff saying that... I'm I don't know. I'm still just like, this is.
1: This is weird to me. It starts getting a little weird. No, it doesn't get weird. weird. It
0: gets a little bit. It gets a little bit dirty. It gets. (laughs) I don't mean dirty like like that. Like all muddied. Yeah, it gets a little bit like the logic behind this is just really. Like it's not even a good idea of a curse. (laughs) You know, you've taken like, I mean, not you, but I mean, the idea of they've taken the idea of this curse and there's nothing that factually supports this.
1: I mean, I'm just saying if like someone did a movie about I don't know, whatever, someone's life and in the movie they write a scene that's like this person's kid is going to, you know, the demon is going to start attacking them and then two months later they die. I don't know, it's just it's weird, it's definitely a coincidence. Or I think it's a curse. Um. So, (laughs) so I'm gonna, I am gonna give this one a seven. Okay. This this one's crazy to me. Uh. And are you? I'm assuming you're a zero. Yeah. Zero. Okay. All right. (laughs) Okay. So another predictive movie was the Game of Death movie. Mm -hmm. So Bruce Lee's last film. You know, he didn't finish. He only filmed a little bit, and he he had an idea of what he wanted. Um, the movie was completed years later and was completely changed from the original version. It was nothing like what Bruce Lee wanted. No one likes this movie. They hate it. They used used weird footage and it's just not good. But, but, (laughs) the death that was added to the movie was that Bruce's character, played by a lookalike, was accidentally killed, or actually I should say accidentally, was killed by a prop gun blank bullet that turned out to be real um in the movie story it's actually an assassin and whatever i did i haven't seen the movie but that's what they say um but there are parallels because again like it was supposed to be a prop gun and you know it actually turns out to be a real bullet and kills the bruce lee character and this is what happens to brandon lee then
0: okay so again how do they write this scene if this had really made that much of an impact, wouldn't Brandon have stayed away from movies well, where he gets maybe shot? Maybe he
1: should have. Maybe he should have.
0: I I think that this is just another coincidence. It's it's I don't know. It's it just seems very odd that that would come about, but it it's just a coincidence. There's nothing more to it.
1: All right. Again, this one, I'm not as swayed by uh, as the previous movie, but it's still really weird to me, so I'm giving it a five.
0: I'm going to go zero on it.
1: All right. And we have one more, which is the theory that we talked about, uh, that I talked about in the ghost story itself, which is that the movie The Crow, the movie itself was cursed. Okay. Um, and maybe it's by the family curse. Maybe it's by the curse that was put on Bruce because he was, you know, teaching... Teachings to non Chinese, I don't know. Um, but uh, I mentioned, you know, some of those things already. Um, but Brandon himself supposedly was very upset at what was happening on the set and had actually filed a grievance with the production a few days before his death, saying they were being reckless. And his manager said at the time that he felt like the movie or the people making the movie were trying to hurt Brandon. Like, again, not necessarily that he said they murdered him or something like that. But it was like they were almost like purpose. It felt almost purposeful. that They were putting him in these bad situations. Um, And I'm sure he was saying that just because he wanted them to stop. But, you know, it was definitely a bad production. Lots of um, crazy things happened as we talked about um, in the story. Um, So, you know, that that was kind of part of the curse that led to his death.
0: Well, as far as the movie being cursed, um, the movie had a 50 day shoot, which is not much time, especially since anytime it would rain during that 50 days, they had to shoot certain scenes. So they would completely change what they were going to shoot based upon the weather because it was really like, you can make it rain on a movie set but they weren't using that so much. It was not filmed in like Hollywood, California or anything like that. So um so that in itself puts them in a very weird position. Also, it was not budgeted for much because Brandon was not this huge superstar. And the Crow was not supposed to be a huge success. Uh it was because not just because of what happened with Brandon, but because of the music they got behind it too. Mm-hmm. Um, the soundtrack is amazing to that, to that movie. So that's why it was more of a success. But, um, given the short deadline, given the short budget that they had, um, and also to the actors that they chose, who knows, they could have been, you know, character actors that really needed to feel this character and be in this character. And therefore Brandon might feel that way and he might not be that way. um, but um, I, it, it just has so many parallels to the Baldwin movie where someone got shot and killed as well. So many parallels to that. And it is something that happens when they do not have the most professional um, prop people. You don't know how important that is until you're filming something like like that kind of movie where you know if the director didn't necessarily need to have the scene you know where they show the rounds and stuff like that so people can believe that it's real and then switch it out he would have been fine it was all because of that that one that one call was all because of that so i don't like yes i think that This was a mismanaged movie. I think it was under budgeted. Uh, I think it was, uh, and I think it was starting to get bigger as they were going. They were signing all these music deals, it was getting bigger. So they had to up what they were doing, up their game. And um, because they couldn't shoot certain scenes unless it was raining, and they would just drop everything and just start shooting those scenes because of rain, I, I really think that they weren't as careful as they should be. And I I think this is totally true. What he said that, you know, he filed grievances uh, with the production company. It was totally the production company. The actors. I mean, think about it. When you're when you're on a set, some actors take things too extreme in a good way and in a bad way.
1: Well, I mean, none of the uh, Brandon, I think, was the only actor that had anything happen to him there was a stunt the stunt guy that yeah. broke his ribs um and then there was the otherwise it was um people working on the set working in the movie prop people the prop place got on fire right somebody got electrocuted
0: well i mean but it's easy to say that brandon was the only one but he was in 80 percent of the movie
1: oh yeah I, yeah that's very true that's whereas very true. the rest
0: of them maybe 10 percent, 20 percent in the movie mm-hmm at the most, you know, like the main villain guy. It's a guy. big
1: cast of characters in that. It
0: movie. is. Um so, yeah, I mean it's an unfortunate series of events that caused this. I I know people are going to um have pity upon this and and think that it is, but I I'm not going to give a pity pity rating on this. <laughs> I'm going to go 0.
1: Okay. Um I actually again, like so here's the thing, it's like this was a this was a very um poorly managed film. there was a lot of a lot of things that happened um, and again was is that because he was cursed and therefore this is how the movie was filmed, like or this was what was going on with the movie. I don't know, I'm not a curse expert, but it does it's who I mean, man. I don't know. It just seems really, It's if it wasn't for the father and all the things that happened with him, I would just say it's, you know, totally just the thing that happened. But uh, I'm going to give it a six because... A six. Okay. Yeah. So
0: what would be your overall rating then, Rebecca? So
1: my overall rating is going to be, oh man, it's going to be a six. It's going to be a six, even though I went lower on a couple... Of them, but uh, I had I, I, man, between five, six, and seven is kind of where I landed. So we'll still say six. Okay. How about for you?
0: Uh, everything that I've given was a zero. Okay. So I'm going to have to go zero on All this right one then. too. <laughs> so that brings us to the closing arguments. This is our last chance to convince you to vote our way. We are each given one minute of uninterrupted time. We will time each other on our cell phones because of Rebecca. Um, Rebecca, are you ready? I am ready. All right. Go. All
1: right. So, this has been a difficult research uh, to do. So, it's not a lot of research to do because obviously it's very sad. Um, and and I, unlike uh, some of the other curses we've talked about, I don't think there's been quite as much evidence as to why there's a curse. But there are some things out there, you know. Um, I don't know if the if we're going with the original baby curse. I'm not sure what caused that. Um, if it's the, you know, hey, you know, g- sharing knowledge outside of the culture, you know, that, that, that curse, um, you know, maybe it's that one. Um, and I, again, I wouldn't give much stock into it, except, except, except that there are these just weird little clues that keep getting, have, just kept getting planted in these movies for Brandon. And then the movie itself w- had all this crazy stuff happen. I don't know, maybe.
0: All right, you ran out of time there, Rebecca. No,
1: that was it. Okay. All right, are you ready? I am ready. Okay, and go.
0: Everything that is that was said here is all a matter of coincidence. When we actually look at the reasons why these two men died, they died of very legitimate causes. Cerebral edemia will kill people if not treated properly. Getting shot with a blank <laughs> that actually shoots the round out will kill somebody. It, it These things are legitimate reasons why people would die. Anything else, we could search a million movies and find similarities. Like I just said, the Baldwin thing is very reminiscent of the Brandon thing. And whenever there is a shooting now, we refer to Brandon. Um, because of this so it is it's very unfortunate but that's all that it is
1: all right you took a lot of your time this time that was i still had
0: five seconds you did all right so i want to thank everyone so much for listening please share us with your friends and family as word of mouth is our best advertisement and it is the one of the number one ways that we get new listeners
1: yeah and then you get to debate with them right that's the best part
0: So remember to hit that subscribe button if you haven't already done so. And if you made it this far, I I don't (laughs) understand why you haven't. Uh, So I would like to give a shout out to all of our VIP patrons that we consider producers of the show. We have Becky, Natalie, Kim, Ta, Ernie, Maricel, Shayla, Cindy, Nicole, Darnay, Jessica, Sarah, Alice, Austin, Aaron, Hope, and Candy. So, uh we will be talking about the Eastern State Penitentiary on the next episode that comes out on May 25th. I know you can't wait for this one.
1: I am so excited. We haven't done like a asylum Penitentiary, whatever. This just seems like a big spooky place, and I'm very excited. Well, we did
0: about Joliet it. Prison.
1: We did. It's been a little while, though. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well,
0: you said we haven't done it. No, 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 no. Okay. I'm sorry.
1: In my brain, I said we haven't done it in a while. Okay. I, that may not have come out <laughs> the whole thing, but in my, in my brain, that's what I said. So I'm super excited about it.
0: And on the next Ghostly acts, we will be talking with a good friend of the show, Scott Larson, who created a comic book series called Visitations. And who is someone that we do panels with. When oh, yeah. When we do C2E2, when we do Wizard World or Fan Expo, that's with Scott Scott Larson. Yeah. He's we wouldn't our, be able to do it without him. Yeah. yeah.
1: We have so much fun.
0: So until next time, stay ghostly.
1: Bye.